Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Tom. You can find me podcasting at the DC Daily Drop. And I'm on Twitter at Krypton Tom. Krypton Tom. It's a cool one. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us on Man of Steel Minute. Uh, Looks like we're going to be wrapping up the actual, um, not the whole film, but just the actual story. Scenes. The scenes, the motion picture itself. The pictures. (laughs) The moving moving pictures. stuff. Yeah, as they call it, kids these days. Um, (laughs) Yeah, today, um, well, first of all, what's, uh, what's your relationship like with Man of Steel? I'm I'm a big fan of Man of Steel. Uh, Superman's my favorite character. I it, this film I, I liked the first time I watched it, and it has, you know, it's something that gets better with each viewing, and I've you know, like it more each time I see it. Well, with a name like Krypton Tom, you have to be a Superman <laughs> fan, right? Yeah, kind of <laughs> gives it away there. <laughs> Debatable. Um, today on Man of Steel, we're talking about minute number 131, and it starts with a very wide, sweeping Earthscape shot of Smallville, Kansas, and then the minute ends with a young Jonathan Kent um, kind of warily eyeing his, his I'm, son. I was on the wrong page. I'm sorry for all the noise. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, just he's like very, I don't know, he seems a little worried. Um but the way this this minute starts out is just, um, you know, following all the destruction in in Metropolis and like I think the last fifty minutes of action that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. and then we're just hit in the face with this beautiful, serene, always serene when 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 they show uh, Smallville, Kansas in this film. Even um, the minutes we did last week with with Greg were. It was Superman and uh, Swanwick. Mm-hmm. Like even though that was in the daytime and everything, it didn't it didn't have the serenity or the beauty. Of even Smallville. Though, yeah, even though it's yeah. also daytime. And, and I get what you mean. It's crazy. Uh, how about that imagery though? After, like you said, all all the destruction of the entire city, not entire city, a good chunk of the city. <laughs> um, and then we're like hit right in the face with a with a with a cemetery. Cemetery? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't think about that. Oh, there you go. Pointing them out. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, there's also more reflections of what happened in the Black Zero event in other films, but we'll get there when we get there. But yeah, this is the first <laughs> time that we see like um, I f- I feel like it was supposed to kind of i mean it's like why be in a cemetery you get to like okay like they're walking and like visiting jonathan kent's grave, but also like after everything we just went through and like he killed you know zod snapping his neck and you know it was the only other kryptonian and death was just so much a part of the last god 30 minutes or something like that i mean now it's like this serenity peaceful time that no actions happen but we're in a cemetery you know Mm mm-hmm Death. Yeah, I think that's sort of a a way to r- reflect on the film. If you sort of if you think on it, sort of Jonathan's death is sort of reflective of the you know the destruction of of everything else and the death that happened in Metropolis. It's sort of something bad happened, um, but that's sort of just life. But like yeah, led to something good, maybe. Yeah, and it's it's led you know it's pushing forward despite all that bad stuff. 
something good has come out of it, and that is Superman. Mm-hmm. Is it? Um, it seems like a lot of superhero films and like at the cemetery, right? I think. Uh, <laughs> is, am I just kind of? Death is a big part in but it. Like, yeah. To have Antag- it kind uh, of protagonist when story. it comes full circle at the end of the story to have a moment at this at, like at a gravesite. You know, you thinking back to Spider Man. Well, it also happens yeah, every Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it happens At least in the, the next first film. four. It happens in the next film. Yeah. Um, are we just they, gonna think about it? Does he do it in Amazing Woman. Spider-Man Two? Oh, he does. Yeah, uh, is he Spider-Man Two. It has to. No, it's not a cemetery, but it's like a. I'm pretty sure it's a. It's a wake. It's a mourning thing. Yeah, there's. I think it does show a cemetery with, with, with the Stacy family, but then, like, Peter's chilling at home. He's like, I'm not showing up to that thing. Are you kidding me? And then Gwen's like, why didn't you come? <laughs> nope. That, that, nope. It was, like, weeks later, now that I think about it. Yeah. And there, there is, like you said, oh, I don't want to spoil anything, but a certain superhero film that just came out does have a moment like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know if that's just, like... In a cemetery? If that's just good storytelling, like, a good storytelling technique that it just seems like, well, yeah, it, I mean, it just kind of... Why wouldn't you? Because it just kind of helps wrap up the story, but I don't think of it as, like, a trope or anything. I just notice that it happens a lot when it comes to superheroes, like, that they have a time to end. Even, um, what was it, Winter Soldier, they had, like, the they had the fake... Uh, grave for Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury. They had to do one of those things, but it was like for a different oh, meaning. Yeah. yeah. So I don't was know. at the very end? I thought so, yeah. Yeah, and then he like took his eye patch off or something. <laughs> I don't think that happened. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm pretty sure that did happen. Am I no. not? Am I right? I, f- I don't know. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I feel like he like took his eye patch off. Was that something that sounds that, believable? And then like threw it in the grave. <laughs> Is that something that fans are like waiting for? Yo, he's gonna take off his eye patch. I don't know, man. I'm not the. I'm, I'm, my knowledge on Nick Fury is not on the up and up. So maybe that was <laughs> but, like a thing where it was like oh, he took his eye patch off and threw it in a grave. Oh man! Wow. I th- that's. I think with with Zack Snyder especially, it's just sort of a way to you know the way he he takes these characters so seriously, um, and if they were in this real world so seriously, it shows like these beings fighting it, there's going to be death um you know it's not always good stories or not always happy happy stories happy endings um it shows there's serious consequences to beings fighting and um i realized jonathan didn't die because of that but i think that's sort of why you know a reminder of when it ends on death yeah i think and yeah he definitely well not to undermine him but no i i think he he died even though it wasn't involving the Kryptonians or anything, he died sacrificing himself, which is which is pretty damn important. Um, right. But maybe maybe it's, maybe it's trying to show that um, even if a character has died, that the to go back and visit their grave, it's a, it's a sign that that person is still important, whether or not they're still here or not. That they're they still mean something. Which is, he died for something. Yeah, and and continues to be. Uh, a source of inspiration, even even though he's not with us, I could just be pulling things out of the air. But I feel like there's something in in returning to someone's grave site, grave site in like a story. There's probably something. Um, I don't know. I don't I'm know. not really 100 percent sure on how much I'm supporting the 
Jonathan Kent died for something. If I didn't see the next movie, I would be. But things that happen in that one kind of make, make, you make me question events that happened in this movie. And that's why I love it. And we'll get there when we get there. But if we're uh, on the Etch-A-Sketch board and, and we're only looking at Man of Steel, then yeah, Jonathan Kent definitely did. See, you said he sacrificed himself. I wasn't, I didn't know if I was comfortable with that terminology. Um, but I guess he kind of did in a way to from protect, a certain point of view, yeah, <laughs> protect his son from you know showing his amazing powers at an earlier time. Yeah, and you just got to go back to think about okay, well then you know Superman showed his powers at this point in time. What would we say twenty sixteen years mm-hmm. later, something like that, whatever it was. But then you know, is that the right time to show the powers? And then that's when you get into the next movie with questioning everything. And then I don't know if Jonathan Kent actually died for something. So. Mm. Well, if you think that showing his powers was a bad thing, then he definitely did. I'm look- if you think yeah. the world wasn't ready. Yeah, we- I'm looking at, at a... Hmm. I don't even know how to explain web. See, this is Go what- back and listen to when we talked about it, and I think, we, I think we'll answer some of your questions. Yeah, did we talk about <laughs> it before? Thanks, for knocking that pen off the bed. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I'll... See, it's just my opinions change so much when I when I watch this movie, especially like going minute by minute, because my I pick up certain things that I that I never really noticed before. Like I didn't really pay attention that they were in a gravy a graveyard at this moment, but it made sense after you know staring at so much destruction in the past thirty minutes of all, and then realizing how much death there was. That it's like oh, that it, you know the next scene we get is a gravesite, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Now that I'm, you know, I, I just go back and think about my opinions about it. And they change, you know. Yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't we, know where I was going with that, man. Um, we do get some some lines between uh, Martha and Clark. Uh, the, the lines start with, he always knew you were meant for greater things. Uh, and that when the day came, your shoulders would be able to bear the weight. Um, then he says, yeah, I just wish he could have been here to see it finally happen. Mm-hmm. And she says... He saw it, Clark. Believe me. And Clark kind of gives her this look, and I'm not sure if that's. Um, I don't know. It's it's. There's so many different questions that come to my mind when when I'm analyzing this minute by minute, and you know, she has faith that Jonathan Kent has the ability to see what is still happening. So she yeah. still has like I don't. I don't. Are you trying to say Martha believes in ghosts? No, no, but that she still has faith in, I don't know, that, that I don't know. It's, it's the spiritual... Spiritualness, yeah, yeah, spirituality. I think you can either take that as, you know, she believes in, in the afterlife and, and that Jonathan is watching somewhere, mm-hmm. or if you don't believe in that, I think you can you can take it as he saw it, meaning that, you know, when it cuts to that moment of the young Clark... Jonathan kind of sees what Clark can become. Yeah. And I think, you know, she means that. So he, he saw it, meaning yeah. um, he saw it in you every day when he was alive. Yeah. I think I'm on more yeah, side with that because, one. I mean, <laughs> they have an alien as a child. Didn't we? That's t- yeah. <laughs> we talked about We talked about the Kent's uh, beliefs and, you know, religious aspects in this movie. So they yeah. might be, um, you see that window over there? Go ahead and open it for me. Um, <laughs> so, you know. 
Yeah, like that's see, that's what it's hard to say. But again, like now that we're getting so close to the end here, there's things that oh yeah, we're talking in the, next in the future, film. and it's just yeah. like oh crap. You know, yeah, and we got to remember that this is still a DC Comics movie, and it still exists in the DC. So anything's universe. possible. Because mm-hmm. um, even when you think, oh wow, uh, Superman exists, or like Kryptonians exist, and you yeah. think. You think How outlandish you've reached a yeah. new frontier and you think that's the end of it. Yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute, it gets even bigger than that. So it's like, Mark, yeah. you're dropping life lessons on yeah. people in this podcast. Well, no, Pay attention. It's like some men in black stuff. <laughs> uh, aliens playing with marbles that are, have galaxies. That is true. Yeah. That when they're sitting no, on the bench. No, that's true. Yeah. Nate, that, that really happens. Yo, like? when, when, you know, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are sitting on the bench there and he's like oh, talking yeah. about it. That's one of the most. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. Yeah. That's like insane. Um, are you kidding me? Yes, but I, it was interesting that Clark had that look, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Tom, because that that could be what happened. Is that even though Jonathan isn't here anymore, uh, he knew that he was destined for greater things, and that he saw it um, even before it happened. Yeah. yeah, I think in that in that look that Jonathan had at the end of this minute, like you were talking about, I think that might be meant to be the first time, you know, seeing realizing just maybe what Clark is capable of. And I know, I know Jonathan Kent's a controversial uh, figure Mm -hmm. in in these films. And some people think what, you know, Clark says in the next film is kind of a retcon of the character. But I think, you know, what Martha said at this, at the start of this minute kind of shows, you know, he, he always knew you were destined for something. He just didn't want you to yet, you know, he didn't want you to, to show yourself to the world yet, which is, you know, um, why he sacrificed himself, yeah. or you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. it's true. Um, uh, hey, did you check out his muscles when he was, I was walking into this? Scene? I literally do, do they like, look bigger? I was literally about to say <laughs> before we move on to the flashback. Yeah, we talk about Cavill in that long sleeve long sleeve shirt though. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, was it like a Henley or something? It doesn't yeah, matter. It but is, like it's. But now it makes me think like his hair is like t- it looks like he just got out of the shower an hour ago and just like quick dried it and like he didn't put any product in it maybe it's windswept because he was flying all over the place i don't know i'm not entirely sure i don't know if he takes the bus or flies around <laughs> um but i was thinking like could these be reshoots you gotta always, you, you gotta know you gotta look for like hair changes and every time yeah. he's his muscles are like huge. his hair always changes drastically it it could have been at the end of filming yeah. too, and after he'd bulked up a yeah. little bit, um, continued bulking throughout filming. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, he looks he looks uh, thick. T h i c c. Yeah, yeah. So then we we uh, we move on to the the little this like kind of heartwarming flashback that's happening, and mm-hmm. I love uh, the kind of color palette here because there's a lot of red. Like almost every article of clothing is red. Um, but against this kind of green background, I like this complementary colors of like all this red against all this green kind it of It has thing. like a haze to it too. So it's yeah. like, you kind of, it's like, oh, that's a flashback. Yeah. And this whole, um, these little kind of, uh, shots that follow Clark Kent. Not the, like the ground ones? Yeah. Yeah. Those are not by, um, Amir Makri. This is actually Zack Snyder holding the camera in this moment. I'm yeah. sure that like, there's... Yeah, this is a very powerful scene. So I'm sure he was probably like, I need to get this like just right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this was this was um, 
I don't know about the the shots with Paul Kent and Ma Kent, but definitely it's probably just standby camera or something. Yeah, yeah, the ones following Clark Kent as he runs around with uh, Hank the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, those are by Zack Snyder, and so yeah, I really like those moments. But it's good. Yeah, he's running around. We get some nice, beautiful shots of the dog and, mm-hmm. and everything. And then it, it goes to uh, Jonathan Kent, who's uh, working on his truck and then kind of gets caught in, you know, he just, I guess he looks over to his son, sees if everything's yeah. all right. And then he's just awestruck at that moment. Yeah. It's a very, just everything just changes in his mentality. What's the order here that happens? Is it, do we get to see. Do we see the the the, the clothespin towel on the back of on little little tiny cow, or do we? Yeah, he has the cape on. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he so he has, has a cape, cape on. That's where it starts. So, yeah. opinions on it? Do you like? I've always been a huge fan of a short sleeve, like the action comic Superman, especially in the New Fifty Two with the short sleeve shirt, and uh, I think they started out with oh, him yeah. having like a blue shirt, but then it, uh, I think Volume One ended with him having a white shirt or something like that. Either way, they always had like the symbol on the front of it. I wasn't really that. It's like, eh, it's still, eh. But like the jeans yeah. and, the, and the and the t-shirt and the boots. I like that the cape. One. Like, I, yeah. it's I'm a big fan of it. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And it's it's it is kind of like I never thought of it like that. But it's kind of like the some of the new Fifty Two action mm-hmm. comics. Kind of, it's also kind of Superboyish. Yeah. Although Superboy usually wears black, but the jeans and t-shirt. Yeah, yeah that's a good it's, point. It's good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, <clears throat> now, it brings me to this. I know that in the past we said. <laughs> no questions coming up. Um, well, no, I kind of, taking notes on this minute, I kind of had the realization. Now I'm kind of going to, I feel like I'm going to backtrack on, on my, my theory. Um, my original statement is that uh, Cal has had some sort of vision, dreams kind of thing uh, of, of past Kryptonian life because mm-hmm. of, the, the codex that was transferred into him. So he saw that they're a cape society and it just like kind of fits. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wear this. And cause we, in, in our world, children run around with closed pin towels and whatnot because they're imitating Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, Superman doesn't right. e- exist as a comic book character in this world, but comic book characters still do exist in the DC comics universe. Yeah. So now that I'm thinking, Little Cal was just probably reading some comics and was just imitating the superheroes off of there. Probably not some sort of fever dream that he was having. Yeah, this because um, yeah, I was thinking the same thing with the with the cape. Like, but I wasn't thinking that maybe it's um, like he had a vision or anything. I just felt like maybe one day he put that towel on like a cape and was like somehow this felt right. Like somehow this felt like something that he was a part of before that he didn't know. You know, like it was like something weird, like, oh, this feels kind of natural almost to like have it to wear a cape or something. How do you relate that to something that I don't know. I'm thinking of like some other movie where a kid's like an adopted like, like, yeah, like I feel like that <laughs> happens in stories sometimes where like the kid just feels like, hey, this, this seems like something that I was destined to do. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay. maybe I, get, I, get it, what you're I don't know. Maybe like Star Wars or something with like Luke being kind of force sensitive, Ray being force sensitive, and like just doing stuff that seems like natural. Or like you said, there are superheroes in the DC world because you know after Wonder Woman came out, how do you, how do people not know about her like as a superhero? How are they not from posters? from like the 40s? Yeah, I mean, it was a secret. 
I mean, it's I like, guess, you know, yeah, she was... Why don't one. people have posters... Not even that it was a secret, but why don't people have posters of... Of Batman. I mean, it was 20 years ago. The atomic bomb on you their had, wall. Like, well, like, what are you talking about? Like, you're saying something that happened in, like, a war. Like, Wonder Woman was there for a war and war purposes. We're getting into something that we shouldn't be talking about yeah. right now. Okay. Um, but then also, because people... I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. And to me, um, I think I think you could probably try to think of a logical reason for it or something like that and I, I think Zack Snyder said this somewhere I don't remember where um, it might have been on a, a bonus feature but he said Sorry. you know basically who cares <laughs> like like <laughs> the reason and me personally I I don't care you could it's kind of a weird thing like no matter whatever the the logical reason is yeah I just think it's a it's a cool moment the movie is basically over yeah and it's just a cool way to look back on Jonathan looking at young Clark and I, yeah. I think it's just a cool father-son moment and I almost it doesn't make sense really to me if you think about it like what how like they try to play it off like it got caught on his on his shirt and stuff like that it, it, it's a weird thing no matter how you look at it I just yeah. think it's a really cool moment that I just uh like watching yeah no the imagery behind it is amazing yeah. I mean like we've watched an entire 130 minutes of a character that we've been dying to see uh, don a red cape, and then we get like a child version of him where he has the same idea. It's like that's that's really cool, man. Um, yeah, it definitely doesn't take away from the, oh, no, the God, magnificence no. of the scene. And like honestly, <clears throat> when I saw Man of Steel the first time, and I wasn't too on board with the film, but this moment right here, this whole scene, mm-hmm. is to me at the time it was probably my favorite scene of really? the whole movie. That's changed, obviously, but. This is definitely one of those things. That's good. I like that. Um, yeah, so Blaze Comics, we saw that. That's the Easter egg that exists. So, yeah, maybe there are superheroes. But if you had a child that had extraordinary powers, would you really give them source material? Oh, yeah, that's true, I guess. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, well, yeah. If they're trying to shelter them so much, which well, they if have you're trying to, if you're trying to steer them in the right direction. Hey, I mean, check look out at, these ideas. Well, it's like, think of... Iron Giant because he gives him he gives him Superman books. Yeah, so so the Iron Giant imitates yeah. Superman, and that's why he also has to tell him, "Don't read Atomo because Atomo is a bad guy." That's what I want to see. Then I want to see no Mom no. Paul Kent taking little baby Cal to a comic book store and showing him be these people. No, that's a little re- that's really cliche. I think probably, probably. and that happens that happens sometimes in the comics. Like I I think is it Barry Allen who. Yes. came up with the name The Flash because he read the Earth, you know, like mm-hmm. the Jay Garrick version of Flash was a comic book character on Barry Allen's Earth, so that's why he became The Flash in that. Yeah. Um, that happens sometimes, so I, I, you could use that, yeah. It's not, see, we can't mm-hmm. we can't rule anything out. It's still a DC Comics movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we end this minute, I do, one of the things I love, or one of the things I always love, is anything that features uh, Diane Lane's Martha Kent, and the the kind of cherry on this whole scene, um, or the icing on the cake, is this Martha's like like nonchalant. She's having a great time, and it's like she knows that Jonathan Kent is being like a worry wart, you know. And he's just like she's like like uh, she kind of like laughs at him a bit, and in kind of like a uh, would you quit worrying so much kind of kind yeah. of look. And I love that moment because you know she's having a great time. She's you know and she wants him to just relax and have some faith and and enjoy life right now and quit worrying so much so i love that yeah. moment i'm still i'm stuck on this cape thing man um, no you're not <laughs> you're done with so it. when he goes back 
home and we get the whole nice suit sun, you know, minutes, weeks, weeks ago, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Isn't that's relate that to right now. If you were to get extraordinary powers that you can fly and everything and you just showed up to your parents' house in a Superman suit and like showed them that like you had these powers and stuff, would they be like, you look silly? Or would they be like, oh, oh yeah. dang, that makes sense, man. My dad thinks I look silly all the time. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they definitely ask, "What are you wearing and why?" And yeah, it's not Halloween today. That's, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of right there. So, like Diane Lane, when she first saw it, it, was like, "Hey, you remember when you were a kid and you used to put that red towel and run around with the dog? You look goofy, man. We told you to stop doing that then. You should probably stop doing it now." She probably. She, she's also seen a lot of weird stuff over the years, <laughs> yeah. uh, raising an yeah. alien kid. That's uh, true. I th- <laughs> it, it, it just makes me feel like at this point she's like, "I'll just roll with it." Yeah. I, I. I don't know what you're wearing, son, oh, but I still love you. It's true. It's exactly what I think. Um, well, did you guys have anything else for today's minute? Uh, no, sir. We can end it on that. Nope, that's it. All righty. All righty, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. Don't forget to check out, check out DC Daily Drop with Tom over here and his co-host, Zach. And um, if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we'd gladly read those out over the podcast. So please uh, leave us any of those. Uh, it really helps the show out. You can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. We have a Facebook page. It's called DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. You can join us, um, some of our past guests, and all our listeners, and we talk about uh, the minutes at hand and whatnot, and talk about theories or, rec- or new DC news. And you can find us on tooldmedia.com as well. And Nate and I also do Tarantino Minute, where we talk about Reservoir Dogs. So you can check those out, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.